We're talking with Jim Queskin, who in my world is pretty much a music legend. Uh, we're going to explain to you folks that don't know about Jim and just why you should think he's a music legend, too. Thanks for talking with us, Jim. Hi. Well, you know, a legend to me, a legend, all a legend means is that you're old. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I hope I'm not becoming one. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> Well, uh, we're looking forward to it. You're going to be coming to our town and playing at the Odd Fellows Hall in Nevada City on Saturday, May 14th, along with Meredith Axelrod, who is somebody that you've been doing some music with. Uh, let's start there. Uh, tell us about Meredith. Well, she's a young woman. She's an incredibly talented musician. And together we make a good team. We actually have an album out called Come On In, which is available, I think, at, on iTunes and Spotify and all those places. Uh, CD baby and whatever. Anyway, um, on Saturday, May 14th, she and I are going to be doing a duo together. We do a lot of good old tunes and uh, we have a lot of fun. Pretty much covering whatever you like from your career and other people's career and all the new stuff too? Yeah, well, I'm picking up new songs all the time, even at my age. But uh, yeah, what our gigs usually turn into is pretty much a party because even though you can call it, you know, folk music, or uh, acoustic music, or roots music, or Americana music. It's got a lot of different names. Our swings. So ours has a you know a nice sound to it, and so people enjoy it, clap along and sing along, and sometimes they even get up and dance. There's no nodding off then. That's right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's on Saturday, May 14th at the, at the Oddfellows Hall. Yeah, it's an 8 p.m. show. Paul Emery Music putting it on, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful place to go. It's a very spiritual place, the Oddfellows Hall in Nevada City, too. So, Do people know that it's at 212 Spring Street? I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. And it's just okay, it's good. just down the street from KVMR, too, so it's like a three-minute oh. walk from KVMR. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's let people know just a little bit about who Jim, Jim Queskin is, and if they're not familiar. Now, I'm sure there's many folks that have your records and they've been seeing you for years. But for those that don't know, let's just dig back there. You started out, I guess, would you say the early 60s? Early 60s, yeah. I was jamming on a club in Boston, Massachusetts with a bunch of friends. We were on stage at a folk music club and jamming. And the owner of a prestigious record company called Vanguard Records, who had a lot of, you know, very great artists on it, like Joan Baez and many others, Pete Seeger and others. Anyway, we were um, we were just jamming. He came up after the show and said, uh, geez, that was really good. I'd like to make a record with that band. Would you do that? I said, well, I'd love to make a record, but that's not a band. <laughs> <laughs> Give me three or four months, and I'll put a band together, and I'd be happy to make a record. So I had the uh, unusual and fortuitous luck to uh, have a record deal to record a band that I didn't even have. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of backwards, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But it worked out. I put together what was called the Jim Queskin Jug Band, and we were around for five years, did very successfully. Uh, you know, did a lot of gigs, uh, Newport Folk Festival, a lot of TV and shows, and uh, we had a wonderful time. That's when I was young. You know, I was in my 20s, and um, like that. Well, that was the beginning of my career. And I know that uh, there was someone that we're familiar with around here that was in your band back then, Maria Moldauer. Oh, yeah. She was in the the jug band for most of its, you know, she wasn't in the very first when we first started, but she joined shortly after, and she was in the band for about four years, yeah. I've just been communicating with her today, because I also have a gig coming up in Berkeley, California, and she's going to, she lives near there, so she's going to stop by and sit in. Oh, what's the date and place for that? That's at the Freight and Salvage on the 29th. 
Freight and Salvage, of course, remodeled now. A big, cool place in Berkeley. So, Yeah. So back then, I know that Vanguard Records now is owned by the uh, Welk family. Was it, Who owned Vanguard back no, then? No, it's owned by Concord now. Oh, Con- yeah. Every, Welk, well, things change. Welk family sold it to Concord. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you still stay in touch with them, or have you moved on? I get royalties still to this day. Very cool. Very cool. So my, my old albums still sell, and people download them and, you know, upload them or whatever you do, they do it. <laughs> You've had a musical relationship with Jeff Muldaur for a long, long time now. Who, who came first into your life, Jeff or Maria? Jeff. When Jeff and I was, Jeff and I were doing, we're in the jug band together. He was in the original, very first band I put together, the very beginning. He was, see, because I'm not a blues singer, I sing kind of like up-tempo and ragtime-y and swing tunes, and he's a real blues singer, so I needed it for the kind of music we wanted to do. I needed somebody who sang that kind of music, so I asked Jeff to be in the band, and so he and I and a few other musicians made the first jug band, and we were playing it, doing a gig in New York, and Maria was in a jug band down in New York City called the um, Even Dozen Jug Band. And uh, and a number of those musicians went on to stellar careers like David Grisman and Stefan Grossman and I mean uh, a whole lot of you know really great musicians. Anyway, Maria was she was then Maria D'Amato, that was her maiden name. And then she fell in love with Jeff and they she moved up to Boston and joined my band and got they got married and she became Maria Moldor. And you kept working with Jeff on and off, I guess, for a long time. I mean, you guys put out a record what about six years ago. A little bit more, yeah. about eight, yeah. Was it like called yeah, Penny's called Farm? Penny's Farm, yeah, we did. And uh, I, took, I I'm I really am proud of that record. It's a really good one. I was reading where at, at one point you kind of just left music on the side burner for a while, and you just went into building houses, and that became a big thing for you. Yeah, well, construction, you know what happened is when I, at the end of the jug band uh, in the late 60s, you know, we were, we were together for only for five years. When I finally ended the jug band, I... I decided that the very, the first four years of the jug band were heaven. I absolutely loved it. The last year, it got to be kind of tedious. And I said to myself, I'm never going to, again, going to play music because I have to, because that's the way I'm going to make my money and and uh, that's the way I'm going to support my family was with music. Because then, then you have to do stuff all the time, stuff, a lot of times things you don't want to do. When, you know, And I, I wanted to keep music fun in my life. So I and a bunch of my friends, we, we formed a construction company and, and we did that like for 40 years. And I've still played music, but only when I wanted to. I did a bunch of gigs. I even went on tour a number of times uh, all over the country, all over the world. I went to Japan. I went to all kinds of places to play Germany, playing music, but um, only when I wanted to, not because I had to. I was going to ask you about Ladybug's Picnic. You want to tell people what that was? <laughs> Yeah, well, the Children's Television Workshop, which was the organization that produced and ran uh, Sesame Street, had a bunch of jingles that they wanted to record to, of number songs, uh, you know, for kids, little kids. And they asked me to do the number 12, which was called The Ladybug's Picnic. And I recorded it, and um, it got played on Sesame Street probably a thousand times. And a lot of people have come up to me and say, I know your voice. I listened to you when I was four years old, <laughs> singing Ladybug's Picnic. <laughs> a couple years ago, I got an album with a lady named Samoa Wilson that you put out, and I thought that was just fantastic. Well, I thank you for that. Yeah, she's an incredible singer. I, I absolutely love playing music with Samoa. She's, she's uh, 
just wonderful. And and she's a she's another one. She's she's kind of like me. She doesn't she could be a professional full time professional musician, but she doesn't want to. She just wants to do it again, like when when she feels like it. So uh, she's doing other things as well. You know, there's a lot of women out there, or a lot of people out there playing music from that was popular, you know, many years ago, like in the 20s and 30s and 40s. And a lot of uh, singers singing that old songs. And um, some of them are pretty good. But as far as I'm concerned, she's the best. We're talking with Jim Queskin. He's going to be at the Oddfellows Hall in Nevada City on Saturday, May 14th, 8 p.m. for Paul Emery. And it's just going to be a wonderful night of old time, new time, whatever time. Uh, you should show up and have a good time music. Yeah, it'll be a party. I can tell you that. It always is. Have you been to Nevada City before? No, I have never. I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard nothing but good things about Nevada City. I'm dying to come there and see what your town is like All right. and what your folks are like. Saturday, May 14th, 8 p.m., Oddfellows Hall. Jim Queskin, it's been a pleasure sharing a few moments with you. Oh, thanks a lot. I'm happy to talk to you.